the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hi, I'm Eric Galindo, Training Director for the FSI Training School. For individuals and businesses, we offer certification courses in CPR and first aid through the American Heart Association. And also the Vehicle Safety Inspector course for the Texas Department of Public Safety. Courses are available every week for your convenience. Call me, Eric, at 210-314-2615. That's 210-314-2615. What makes Rose Cleaners the best in dry cleaning? They do my laundry the way I like it. The wonderful customer service. Personal quality. I have some things I like done with my clothes that I ask for, and it's always done. They do good work. I just love Rose Cleaners. Very excellent customer service, and uh, they've made me very happy since I've been here. They've got friendly employees when you walk in, and um, they haven't lost any of my clothes in 19 years. Rose Cleaners, serving San Antonio for over 20 years. Well, Elizabeth and I went to Express Lube, and our experience was fabulous. We got in and out of there in literally 20 minutes. When we went to where we had got our oil done before, it would take us two hours. The service was very friendly. You can really trust them. They were super courteous. They vacuumed out the entire front of the car, which was surprising. I didn't very expect nice. they received that kind of service. And their name is their game. Express Lube is accurate for the name of their store. And with 23 stores, there's an Express Lube near you. I want you to meet my friends at the Laptop Specialist, pioneers since 1982 in serving the military, business, and personal computing needs of our city. Our ministry depends a lot on our computers. And whether it's repairs, service, upgrades, or even the purchase of a new machine, the James family and their great staff keep our equipment working, freeing us to do what we're called to do. Go to the laptopspecialist.net or call 344-4563. 344-4563 for their two locations. The Laptop Specialist. Welcome to the Bible Live Quiz Hour. It's time to test and grow your knowledge of the Bible. Have fun and win valuable prizes and resources for yourself, your family, your church, or favorite ministry. Here's how it works. Listen to the Bible Live Scripture Reading Program. Weeknights at 8. Not a program about the Bible, the Bible itself. Hear a 15 to 20 minute reading each weeknight. The entire Bible every year. Then on Sunday nights at 9, join us here for the Bible Live Quiz Hour. Sophie will ask questions from the past week's Bible Live leads. You call in with the correct answers and you win. It's just that simple. So get out your Bible, put on your thinking cap, and hit that speed dial. Because here's the host of the Bible Live. Your Apache Indian scout through the book of books, Soapy Dollar. All right, we are in the house. Thank you for joining us tonight for the Bible Live Quiz Show. Your opportunity to answer some questions, go dig a little deeper in the scriptures. We read through the entire Bible, as our introduction said, Monday through Friday. 
You've heard this past week, Mark in the New Testament, Mark chapters 8 through 16, and then we returned to the Tanakh, to the Hebrew Scriptures, the Old Testament, reading uh, the first five chapters of the book of Joshua. We picked up there with the people of Israel waiting there on the east side of the Jordan, waiting uh, after the death of Moses, their leader now for 40 years. They take the step of faith to enter into the promised land under the leadership of Joshua now. And uh, we read those first five chapters about, uh, of course, all about Joshua fought, fought the battle of Jericho. Remember that old uh, hymn that we used to know and, uh, and love? So we read about that. We'll, we'll ask you questions now from these chapters that we read this past week. Jacob is here with me. We've got, he's got some um, pretty interesting things and observations to make, especially even about, about the New Testament here. We're going to learn some things today about Jesus and uh, the, remember when he cleared the temple, the money changers, we're, lots of little details that are going to be shared with us through the hour that come to us um, thanks to the Jewish people and their and their perspective and their the scriptures and their culture and their language. Uh, Jacob, we depend on you a lot to bring that perspective to us as we read through the scriptures. After all, Jesus was a Jew. The disciples were Jews. The early uh, believers, most of the early believers here now were Jews there in the city of Jerusalem. Uh, and we need to understand, we need to have that perspective if we're really going to get to uh, appreciate and understand the scriptures, even the New Testament scriptures, uh, as they should be understood, I think they're just they become richer and richer with that perspective. So thanks a lot for being here and joining in. How, how's the week gone for you, old uh, fella? Been you very very busy for the last five weeks. Really? Yeah. What it so taxes busy. or something? Ah, uh, just too much <laughs> to do. But it should be slowing down now. Oh, why? Your life should be slowing down? No, my my involvement, the time of things I had to do because I got one big chore done, and now I'm just working on two other ones. Oh, my goodness. Are you talking about the book? No, that's something else. But uh, I was, uh, I was uh, helping I was a friend with a, a business, you might say. I was hoping you were getting... Well, actually, actually, the book is in the hands of a professional editor. Wonderful. And he just gave me back a copy for me to go over, and I've been so busy, I haven't been able to go over the copy he gave me with his suggestions, corrections. Haven't had time to read your own book, huh? That's That's, true. That is too busy. But we are reading Mark's book tonight. Yeah, Mark, our our board operator tonight, is really glad that we've come back now to reading his book, Uh The Gospel of Mark. Um, we'll talk a little bit at the overview of the book of Mark here in a little bit. I'm wondering if our our overview, our understanding, our take of the Gentile, or I guess, I don't know if you have a Gentile take and a Jewish take, but there seems to be a little bit, uh, in, at least in our American culture, we uh, certain perspectives have kind of developed across, you know, because of exposure on the radio and television, preachers, we, we tend to take certain views of, the Gospels, for example, of the uh, books of the uh, the Bible, and some of those we can compare with the traditional view and, and understanding from the Jewish uh, from the Jewish tradition, the Jewish background, the Hebrew tradition. And it doesn't mean uh, one is right and one is wrong. They both may be correct. They both, and I've I've found them both to be to some degree, and uh, to a great degree actually, very compatible with each other. 
and both very instructive, both very helpful. So we'll we'll see. We'll get it out there tonight. Right now, though, we're going to give you some questions, folks. We're going to put them out on the airwaves. You're going to call us, 340-9585. That's our local number, 340-9585. And if you're dialing long distance, if you're listening from anywhere in the continental United States, for that matter, uh, via the Internet, or, uh, you can all, always call in and be a part of the program as well. Just dialing 877, that's the toll-free number, 877-630-5757. The 877, of course, makes it toll-free. We'll pick up the dime for that. 877-630-5757. If you're dialing right here in the city, though, it's... Uh, eight, uh, uh-oh, my brain went dead. Uh, our local number. Jacob, oh. can you do some research? Yes, 210. Three four three four zero nine five eight five. And if you call that from anywhere in the United States on your cell phone, it's just like calling long distance, but you call a local number, because I do it all the time. Ah, how about you? You know, I'm not sure I do that. That's terrible, but I'm not sure I knew that. Here we go. From the book of the Psalms, we read Psalm 41 this past week, and I want to ask you this question. Psalm 41 begins with five really remarkable promises given to people, people who are kind to people like us. It sounds like a Barbara Streisand song, doesn't it? People. Yeah. Uh, Psalm 41 begins with five wonderful promises that the scriptures give to people who are kind to people like us. Who Who is us there? Who? Who are the people that we should be kind to? That does not stand for the United States. Oh, really? Us. Oh, the us. Oh, I see. I get what you mean. The U.S.? Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. Who are the people that we should be kind to according to Psalm 41? Now, let's go to the Proverbs. We move forward. We jump forward to read a book of the New Testament, and that kind of moved us forward in our reading through the Psalms and the Proverbs, and we jumped uh, into the book of the Proverbs this past week. From, uh, okay, here here's the question. I'm not sure I like the way it's written, but it says, I wrote Psalm, I, I wrote Proverbs chapter 1, I wrote Proverbs 1, and compiled most of the rest of the book of the Proverbs. Who am I? Is that, is that a I think way? that's legitimate, okay. and that's a good way of wording it, because everybody thinks this fellow wrote it all, he, and yeah. he's making it very clear he did not. He did not write the, all the problems. He, he compiled them, uh, exactly. So I wrote Proverbs 1 and compiled most of the rest of the book of the Proverbs. Mm-hmm. Who am I? Who was this individual? And then uh, kind of one of, the, one of the more well-known phrases from the Proverbs, I think it's mentioned at least two or three times throughout the to the book, what is the beginning point of true knowledge and wisdom? And you'll find the answer in Proverbs chapter 1, verse 7. There are other places as well, but this is what we read this past week. What is the beginning point of true knowledge and wisdom? Now, I'm sure I'm going to get in trouble with that question because, Jacob, this whole thing you have about knowledge and wisdom and understanding yes, and yeah, different yeah. words and concepts, but uh, there you have the question. What is the beginning point of true knowledge and wisdom? Look in Proverbs chapter 1, verse 7 for the answer. Then give us a call, 340-9585. I'm going to let Jacob pick out some questions from the Gospel of Mark, the life of uh, Yeshua. 
and let him um, kind of he got some insights he wants to share with us tonight anyway. So Alrighty. go for it, Jacob. All right. I'm going to do your number one. Okay. Jesus healed one man. Oh, this is a hard one for me to get up, but I'll, I'll use your sentence. Uh, Jesus healed one man in, as you've worded, two phases. From what ailment? And you'll find the answer in Mark 8, 22, now, page 25. Why could you possibly have problems with that? There, you read it there in the text. It, would, it He took kind of two uh-huh. phases. Uh-huh. Two, I even looked in several Christian commentaries. I looked in some Christian commentaries, and they do agree with you. And, and I'm not saying any of you are wrong. I would just like the opportunity to explain what it really means. <laughs> You you don't you wouldn't say that it, it was kind of done in two steps at least. Uh, it was done in two steps. That part's true. Well, just change the word phases to steps then. Okay. Well, okay. Well, okay. Note to per- self. Perhaps we can expound and enlighten. May I say? In, in order to get along with Jacob uh, and Jewish people everywhere, I must change <laughs> that word phases. Uh, yeah, well, to you steps. know, three Jews in the room, six opinions. Right. <laughs> there you go. All right, that's question number one. Now, okay, go for another one. All right, I'd like to go down to your number 14. According to Jesus, which two uh, Old Testament commands are greatest of all the commands? Okay, now you don't like my language there either, I can tell. That's all right. No, it's okay. It's okay. We call it the Old Testament. You call it the Torah. Well, yes. Would you call it the Torah? We we call it the Jewish Scriptures. Oh, okay. According to Jesus, which two... Commands from the Jewish scriptures are the greatest of all the commands. Well, you know, it's not just the Jewish scriptures. I mean, we. we That's true. And and I got to say, at one time I was visiting at somebody's house, and I didn't mean anything. I had heard a rabbi say this when he was speaking at a Christian church, and I thought it was funny, so I appropriated it. But when I was at somebody's house, I used the same phrase, and I said, oh, like over on our side of the Bible. And one lady corrected me and said, both sides belong to us. And I said, oops. (laughs) Oops, yeah. Well, we have, uh, we have, uh, I don't know, we've, we, we've bought into the Hebrew scriptures. Uh-huh. Okay, that's a whole different conversation, isn't it? You it know, is. We've it become, is. you know. I just want you to know okay. that I am very reluctant to use that after she said that. I got it. According to Jesus, uh-huh. which two commands from the Jewish scriptures uh-huh. are the greatest of all the commands? You find the answer in the Gospel of Mark. Chapter 12, verses 29 through 31. Yes. Okay. <laughs> two more. Let's go two more. All Let's right. Now, this is something that's very, very, did I happen to mention very uh-huh. important? You're number 15. With the confusion and deception of many false messiahs and false prophets in the end times, how are we to recognize the second coming of the real Jesus? Will the real Jesus please Show himself, okay? So with confusion and deception, false messiahs, false prophets uh, in the end times, how are we to recognize the second coming Mm -hmm. of the real Yeshua, the real Messiah? So Mm -hmm. chapter 13, verse 26 is the passage referred to, at least in the question. And Mm -hmm. I'm almost certain Jacob's going to have a unique take on that. Right? Uh, Well, I don't know about unique, but certainly... Uh, appropriate. You have your own private heresy there. No, never mind. You did. I'm sorry. I didn't say the word heresy, did I? Of course you didn't. And I, right. did, I didn't hear it either. <laughs> Thank you. What? Another one? Just one more question. Okay. I, I think I know which one you're going to like. Okay. Well, t- guess which one I'm going to like. Was it the one about the, uh, let me see if I can find it in here. 
I'm guessing uh, 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 it was one something about the. Um, I'm looking for one about the money changers. No, not in there. No, actually, you have not got a question regarding that. Oh, you want to add one because you uh, like that topic. Well, or we'll just talk about it ourselves. Oh, right? we, we could talk about it, but I do have another question. For all right, you. all right. What is it? Um, it is uh, your number twenty-six. Actually, let me change it. Let me go to your number twenty-nine, which is how did Mary Magdalene? By the way, Magdalene actually is Machgela, which means Tower of Strength in Hebrew. So she is Mary, the Tower of Strength. Uh Mm -hmm. So how did Mary, Magdalene, and the other women know where Jesus' body was entombed when they went back on Sunday morning to finish the burial rites? And you'll find the answer in Mark 15, 47. Okay. Well, let's go ahead and ask 26 anyway, because I like it, because I think... I think it's a question that a lot of folks will know the answer. And we've sometimes we're a little hard pressed to answer some questions that that people know. Yeah, the I was to. actually going to do that, but when you said one more, I was limited. Yeah, I get it. In prison for murder. In prison for murder. I. This is one of those who am I questions. I was released by Pontius Pilate on the day Jesus died. I was released from prison where I was serving a sentence for murder or whatever they called it in those days, a sentence, I don't know. I was released by Pilate on the day Jesus died. Who am I? Who is this individual? And you would find out if a person were looking in the Bible. Where would they find that, Sobe? Gospel of Mark, chapter 15, verse 15. Ah, 15, 15, 15. 15. Uh-huh. Easy to find. All right, there you have it. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight questions. Wow, we've got a lot of questions out there yeah. without even uh, thinking about it. And somebody ought to call in right away because you're going to give prizes, right? Yes, we've got some prizes. And these are coupons, and then go get maybe something to eat perhaps. Get their clothes clean, get get the oil changed on their car. Don't overpromise here, but okay, okay. okay. (laughs) We're going to send a little packet of prizes, Uh a little packet of gifts from the Bible Live Quiz Show to each of you. And I would really like somebody to call in and talk about the first one that I ask about in March, which is... uh, Mark eight twenty two to twenty five, when it says he healed somebody in two steps or phases, what was the ailment? And and I would like to discuss that. Three four zero nine five eight five. That's the Bible Live line locally, eight seventy seven six thirty five seven five seven. If you're dialing long distance, three four zero ninety five eighty five. Well, let's take that topic we were talking a little bit about. Well, we don't have a chance. We got our first caller already, right? Perhaps that is our chance call. calling now. <laughs> maybe, maybe they will bring up that topic that uh, you and I want to talk about, the uh, money changers. I'd like to talk about money changers, the rich man, and the camel. Wow. You like the Gospel of Mark. Uh, I, I, I think it's great, great. It's what he said to me. It's what he said to me when I first came in this evening. Wow, that Gospel of Mark is something else. Well, let's go. Let's go and visit with Kathy. She's on the line with us. Let's make sure. Are we on the air with Kathy? Hello, yes. Good to hear your voice, Kathy. Thanks for calling in tonight. Uh, everything going all right for you and your family these uh, as we get into the, finally kind of really get into the new year, 2015? Everything started off all right for you? It sure has. Great. I'm glad to hear that and know that. Well, let's see. And you, uh huh. Which question did you hear that you thought, I know the answer to that? I can call in and win some prizes here and be well, a part of the program. 
how about the one that Jacob said is his favorite about the uh, Jesus healing the blind man with the spitting in the mud and putting the mud on his eyes? Yes, he uh, blindness is the, the the ailment that he was suffering. Uh, this was a blind man. Uh, do we know his name, Jacob? Uh, well, I am going to give you the my opinion. Oh, yes, yes. That's one of the things you've got, Kathy, is... The, uh-huh. They kind of uh, have. They, I, I'm, I'm so used to reading the Bible. I say, you, you read about that guy. Oh, yeah, we know that. You know who that was? And I go, we really know the name of the person. And uh, and uh, they do have these insights about names and people. And so often it's right there in the scriptures. And I just have missed it through the years, reading past it. But uh, uh, we'll find out Bar- more from Bartimaeus. That person. I suggest it's Bartimaeus. You think it was. Bartimaeus. Yes, I, 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 upon knowledge, skill, and belief, I believe that, yes. But don't we have another record of... Yes, you do. And, and it's not in two a, steps. Or that is correct, but we're going to clear this three-step or two-step business up right now. Okay. Kathy, you want to join me as we hear this this idea of two steps, two phases? I, I find it intriguing. I really do. Now that I think about it, I think I have heard Jacob uh, talk about you have. We have talked about this over pancakes. Okay. What was the fellow was uh, blind? Jesus did two phases. Why? What was the two phases or the two steps? Or tell us uh-huh. what it was all about. So, uh, Kathy, of course, you got the question right. She's a winner, Sophie. But she is a winner. And, uh, <laughs> and so, it certainly he, he he healed this blind man. Aha! Uh-huh. You're right about the spit and all that business. Now, but the modern understanding is that uh, the man was in soap. He said it correct. I looked up in several Christian commentaries, and it does say something about, uh, you know, it's uh, sometimes a process, uh, a process about healing. Well, do am I to really understand, from a Jewish perspective, of course, that Jesus had to heal a guy in two steps? He couldn't make it happen in one step. Am I to understand that? I will register the answer as being no. Oh, of course not. I think I... But... But what? You haven't even heard the answer yet. I know, but don't you think it could have been maybe a... A teaching moment that he was using it. Oh, to it's a teaching moment. Build for the sure. faith of his follow of his disciples or something. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, it's a teaching moment. But what problem troubles me is that the students aren't paying attention. Ah, that's oh, true. okay. Now, that happens all too often. Aha. Uh-huh. Well, what does the Kathy help us out? What does the Jesus ask him? What does the man say he sees? Uh, he says. I see men, for I am seeing them like trees. Aha. Uh-huh. Where is another passage where we have that image? Okay. Well, you know the answer. Uh, Mark eight twenty-four. Yes, she's right. Can now, you think of another passage well, wait, in the let's Bible? Finish the sentence. Okay. It says, "I see men walking as trees. Do trees walk, Kathy?" Um. Not. Not in our culture. Okay. So there's something else going on here, folks. We had a yes. real tall guy in high school. We called him the tree, and uh-huh. he walked. With yes, and that was before that last Saturday night when he met you in the alley. That's right. Uh, anyway. Well, you know what? Uh-huh. When I was in the Navy, we used to call guys trees. Yeah. A tree yeah. tall. Yeah, the real tall guys. Yeah. But is there another place in the Bible where men and people are referred to as trees? Are you asking me? Yeah, sure. Uh, I don't know. The answer is yes. I bet you do, too, know. 
No, I don't. Yes, you do. I bet you have memorized Psalm 1. Yes. Psalm 1? Yes. Would you oh like goodness. to hear the verse? Yeah, read the yeah. verse. Yeah. Okay, well, so would I. So I am going to read it. Are you ready, Kathy? Uh-huh. Okay, now let's, I'll give you, I'll get to do a couple of verses so it starts making sense. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. Two, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and he does meditate on it, the law, day and night. Three, he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers that bringeth forth fruit. The water is the Torah. The tree is the human being. Now, if you'd like something concrete to explain it, you may join us, if you'd like, or I'll read it to you, over in Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 8. May I read it to you? Yes. Okay. Uh, for, he, for he, a man, shall be as a tree planted by the waters, and that spreadeth <coughs> out her or his roots in the river, and shall not see when he comes, but her leaf shall always remain green. The tree, now I'm going to explain it. We've got less than a minute, so if we have to go to break, um, maybe we can finish this right after, but let me explain how the Jews saw trees. Trees live in two worlds. Above the ground, that's the physical world. The roots are the spiritual world. A tree is like a man because it lives in two worlds. The Jews always understood human beings, men, women, will live in two worlds, the physical world and the spiritual world. So when Jesus is healing this man, the first step he sees that human beings live in two worlds. They're both physical and spiritual. But then Jesus goes back and says, now what do you see? I just see the physical. So he put him back into the real physical understanding. But now he knew that he, trees are like men. The water is the Torah. They put the people put their roots into, and the tree is like the so man. So the the, the the man's response to the question, "What do you see?" was not such a so much a declaration with the physical eyes, but a a spiritual, a spiritual observation yes, that right. finally he had come yes. to understand. And, and, and Psalm one. Jeremiah 17, 8, you'll start it's explained to you very well. Very, very interesting. I, I find that intriguing. Uh, Jesus was a Jew. They do know these scriptures and a reference there back to the old, to the biblical view of the human being uh, was probably the insight, evidently, that the man had come to and that Jesus rewarded. Uh, Kathy, can you hang on? John, don't go away. We'll come back with you as well. Just after these messages. And now a word from one of our Bible Live sponsors. Our company is so proud and excited to sponsor the Bible Live. As a businessman, I have to make decisions every day about how to best invest time, personnel, and resources for the best return and results. The scriptures say there are two things on earth that will last forever, God's word and the souls of people. It's my hope that you, your family, your church, and perhaps even your business will pray about giving a tax-deductible donation to the Bible Live at this time. Together, let's expand this historic broadcast of the scriptures to other cities across our nation, a sound investment for both time and eternity. You can donate by credit card at the Bible Live website www.thebiblelive.com or mail your check for The Bible Live to P.O. Box 18888. That's P.O. Box 18888, San Antonio, Texas 78218. 
Dr. Stan Shelton, with offices at Loop 410 and Broadway, has taken care of the Dollar family, that's Suzanne and me, plus our three children, for the past 25 years. Suzanne, tell the folks about our dentist. Well, like you say, Dr. Shelton is a dentist for a lifetime. He's got the latest technology. He's busy, but I've never had to wait. And I never dread going to the dentist. In fact, he and his staff are so personable that I actually rather enjoy it. Go to DrShelton.com or call 590-7878. Nature's Factor carpet cleaning expert, Shayla James. What makes Nature's Factor better than the older carpet cleaning process? Older systems saturate your carpet, leaving your space unusable, sometimes for up to a day because of their long dry times, plus leaving you with the risk of fungus and the dangerous chemicals left in your carpet. With Nature's Factor, our quick dry time makes your home or office space usable almost immediately, while our green solutions eliminate the possibility of fungus and are perfectly safe for your children and pets. Nature's Factor, carpet cleaning for the 21st century, 831-3535. I don't believe that dating trains us to be good husbands and wives. It trains us to be skilled in the superficial. In the movie Old Fashioned, free-spirited Amber moves into a new town. There she meets a potential beau who, because of his checkered past, is much more cautious in his relationships than anyone she's ever encountered. But she soon realizes that when it comes to love, Old Fashioned has its advantages. This faith-focused film emphasizes purity, chivalry, forgiveness, and grace in relationships. That said, I should also note that this is a movie about working through past mistakes, which lends the film a certain gritty realism and makes it less appropriate for younger viewers. For teens on up, though, I'm giving old-fashioned four grocery aisle proposals out of five for family friendliness. For our full take on this movie and the film Fifty Shades of Grey, visit us at PluggedIn.com. Plugging you into the movies, I'm Bob Olszewski for Focus on the Family's Plugged In Movie Review. Why do you go on hiding when you know the world is waiting for you to shine like the star? You're listening to The Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. Shine like the stars. We're talking with Kathy. I think Kathy shines like a star. We've heard from her before. She's got. She knows the word, and I bet she uh, is ready to share all quite often with friends and neighbors and family members about the goodness of our great God. Uh, Kathy, let me ask you a follow-up question. Do you mind? Yeah. All right. Let's see. Let's get one of these. I think that she knows the Bible pretty well, so I'm going to get her. Uh, oh, by the way, just in general that. Um, a general response to the question there about uh, I see men as trees walking. I'm not quite sure that's incompatible with our, you know, the general view that we hear from our uh, pulpits, uh, teach, preachers teaching. With the idea, uh, the idea I've always heard, Kathy. I don't know what you've heard is that that maybe Jesus took. This is a unique miracle in the sense that usually it's you know one and done. You know, Jesus touches one time and it's healed forever and immediately. But this seems to have that little element of other kind of two steps, you know, two phases here. And uh, I've often heard that it was maybe because there was some teaching point that Jesus was making to his disciples or perhaps to bar- to the uh, blind person himself. This idea then of uh, the man having a spiritual insight and agreeing with Jesus because, the, yeah, I see now that men in, are like trees walking, you know, that, that Old Testament view of, the spiritual and the physical aspect. 
it's not incompatible with uh, anything that we've been taught so much. It's just a, an additional insight. Don't you agree, or what do you think about that? Oh, I think it's beautiful. I think that is just a pearl. Yeah, anytime I think you can relate Scripture to Scripture, and especially in the case of uh, Yeshua, the Messiah, he was a man of the Scriptures. He was a man, uh, uh, you know, he was a Jewish person, a Hebrew. He knew the Scriptures. He referred to the Scriptures often. Anytime we can make that connection, I don't, I'm not sure we could go wrong, uh, because he, he, he may well have had that very much in mind. Uh, let me ask you this. There were, there were two of the disciples that asked Jesus if they could have seats of honor in his kingdom when he uh, set up his kingdom. One wanted to sit on his right hand and the other on his left. Do you remember which two of the disciples that uh, the, the, that asked him for that privilege? It's in uh, Mark chapter 10. The sons of thunder. Sons of Zebedee, of course. Oh. Who were they? <laughs> James and John. James and John. You got it exactly right. Family of fishermen. your mom that asked. Yes, the mom asked. I think it seems like in one text the mom asked, and another it seems like maybe the men and themselves asked. Maybe I'm wrong about that. No, right. no, you you are right. Oh, uh, in one of the one of the versions, or one of the gospels, they tell it in a couple of different ways. But they have their perspective, they have their emphasis. Each one of them, it's not a contradiction. Uh, they just tell the story with their unique view and uh, what you kind of what, like like eyewitnesses are want to do, you know. Well, Kathy, you're so kind to call in. I think your name is already on our winners list. And if, so, if Soapy Dollar ever gets his self in gear and uh, gives you uh, sends these out, I've got a list now. I've got a I owe a lot of people prizes, but I'm, I'm going to get her done. I'm like a dog with a bone. I won't give up on it. Thanks, Kathy, for calling in. Thank you. Bye. You bet. Let's go visit with John calling in as well this evening. Hi, John. Hi. How you doing? I'm glad to hear from you tonight. Thanks for giving us a call on the Bible Live Quiz Show. Uh, did you hear a question that you know the answer to and could elucidate us tonight? Yes, the the question about the beginning of wisdom. And the Proverbs, yeah. What is the point of true knowledge and wisdom? Uh, and it's mentioned several times, but it, particularly we read about it in Proverbs chapter 1, verse 7. The beginning of wisdom is? Fear of the Lord. The fear, reverence, awe, respect, the fear of the Lord. Exactly right. Let me... You know, I forgot my I forgot my little uh, winter sound tonight. We used to have more sophisticated sound effects, but that's our best we could do tonight. But you did a great job. That's right. It was um, the the the, um, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. That's really one of the more well known, I think, phrases. It seems to come out quite a bit uh, throughout the scriptures. Now. Jacob, I know, always gives from that Hebrew perspective, there is this distinction. Uh, can you give us in a quick summary, Jacob, of the difference between wisdom and knowledge and... Yes. Yeah. Oh, you want me to do it? I thought just one. to Would you mind? I, I, I think it's good to repeat that. I, uh, I still don't get it. See, I still, I still have to focus sure. to remember right. which is which. It's okay. I've memorized it. Okay. Uh, John, are you there? I'm here. Good. Okay, would you agree with me, John, that in our culture we always say, hey, wisdom is the best. Would you agree with that? Sorry, repeat the question. Okay, would you agree that in our culture that wisdom is considered like the best, right? Oh, yes. Uh-huh. It seems like we say something like, uh-huh. uh, let me see, uh, wisdom is, is when you learn to apply 
the knowledge. Knowledge is just knowledge, but right. wisdom is when you that learn. That is correct. It's something like and that. And, John, I will tell you this. Yes. There's nothing wrong with doing that in our culture, but I will tell you this. And I'm, I'll say nowhere that I know, and I'm pretty sure I'm right, that it uh, it lists knowledge, wisdom, and understanding out of order. It always goes in this order, always, biblically. It goes wisdom, understanding, knowledge. Knowledge in the Bible is far superior to wisdom. Now, we would say why. That's uh, because wisdom is that, that initial spark, that insight that comes from God himself. That's wisdom. Then as we start mulling it over, we start to understand it. And then when we become a master of understanding that wisdom, we have knowledge. Remember, Adam knew his wife. He wasn't wisdom, wise about him at all. No. Well, you <laughs> said that you... Understanding is the... No, you I said the third no, one is understanding. No, no. It goes in this order. Always. Wisdom, understanding, and knowledge? That is correct. Okay. And you'll find that in that order everywhere. Even in Exodus, when he has the, he gives the Holy Spirit to the guys to make the mm -hmm. ark, it goes in this one. Wisdom, understanding, knowledge. You know, you're familiar with what? Solomon being the wisest of men. Mm -hmm. That is certainly a compliment. It's not the highest compliment. What's lacking there in a, in a, sophisticated Jews reading is he's seemingly not getting understanding from this wisdom that came from God and he certainly did not gain knowledge. He made tremendous errors. He got the wisdom but he never took it beyond that. Now actually in the beginning of Deuteronomy. Well he learned something through the years I suppose. Right? Well you know as I said Adam was knew his wife. He wasn't necessarily wise about her. <laughs> uh, but anyway but if you go back and you look in the uh, beginning of Deuteronomy you'll see it says in this order you'll say wisdom knowledge. You're supposed to say as a as a Torah learner, you're supposed to say, well, what happened to understanding? And so the understanding started falling away. In other words, even in our society, with all the stuff we got, we are have access to a lot of information. We do. Lots of information. But we don't necessarily know what it means. May I be so bold as to use the example from the previous question? Men walking as trees. That means something and has always meant something to the Jews throughout historical readings and writings. Mm -hmm. And so it's always wisdom. Wisdom is like that seed that comes down. You don't go out to a wheat field and you don't pick loaves of bread out of a wheat field. The knowledge, the wisdom, came, I should say, came, wisdom came from God. And the you, fear of God is the first step. The respect of the fear, the reverence the, the of God. The beginning point. Uh -huh. and so, but wisdom. the okay. wisdom comes. And then you take that wisdom because you know how to take the seed and plant it in a field. So you understand to do that. And then you let it grow. But when it grows into a wheat, you still only have wheat. But with your knowledge, you can take that wisdom, that understanding, and now you know to make it into bread. Excellent. All right, I, I, I'm guessing that John, uh, if you want to uh, share any kind of a response to that, John, or kind of a thought that you had, that's fine too. But I want to ask you a, a kind of a follow-up question. I'm hoping you can clear up another one of our questions for us. Uh, folks who are out there on the edge of their seats wondering, who was this person that was in prison for murder and that was released by Pontius Pilate on the day Jesus died? Do you happen to know? remember who that was? Yes, I do. That's Barabbas. Barabbas, exactly right. There's a... Dun, 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 dun. Doesn't that make you feel better when you hear that bell ring, John? 
Uh, there you go. You got it exactly right. Barabbas, his name means uh, son of a father, Bar, uh-huh. Abbas. Uh-huh. And uh, this might, we don't know a whole lot more about him. We know this. We had to wait for the movie to there's come not, out. Right? Yeah, well, there was a movie starring Anthony Quinn called the, Barabbas. Barabbas. But actually, Soapy's 100% right. The word Bar means son. Abba is father. He's the son of the father. Now, it's always up in the air what that means, but we know this for sure. That the son of the father was released. Now, who that father was, we're not sure. It is an interesting comparison, however, if I might say that, between, say, Jesus and uh, God, his father, uh-huh. and then this man, who's a son of some father, who got released. So yeah. you got the son and the father. Who the got the father. released on the basis of Jesus, Jesus in a sense, substituting that, yes, uh-huh. for him. And sure. uh, that's... Kind of a picture of the substitutionary atonement idea. See, when you put the two words together, it becomes a name. And as far as I know, and I could be wrong about this, but as far as I know, it's not a known Jewish name to call him Barabbas. It's two Hebrew words, Bar Abba. Uh Very interesting, interesting for sure. Any comment there, John? Any further thing on your mind or heart tonight? We'll be glad to make you a winner and put your name and address down on our winners list and and, uh, send out this packet of of gift certificates to you, but I just want to give you a chance to anything on your heart or mind these days. Uh, you know, I I, I never uh, thought about uh, Barabbas being like that because I know uh, you know Abba is is daddy. Right. So that's uh, that's interesting. That's a neat insight. Yeah, son of a father. It, it's it kind of your mind kind of takes off with the idea that huh, that's interesting. Symbolically, he might be he might symbolize all of us that we're all sons of a father. And so it might be that you can find a little bit, oh, that's a picture there that that he, we are all released or set free because of the work of Jesus and what he did accomplish for us there in his atonement. You know, it's kind of got a, it's got some, uh, something there that we can kind of chew on a little bit and meditate on for sure. Well, John, thanks for calling in. Do you mind hanging on and giving that information to Mark so we can I'll send you that prize package? Hang on. We appreciate it. Hang on now. Don't fall off the phone when I push the hold button. <laughs> Hang on. Okay, you can call as well, just like Kathy, just like John, 340-9585, 340-9585. We've got lots of questions still out there on the lines. How did Mary Magdalene and the other women know where Jesus' body was entombed when they went back on Sunday morning to finish the burial rites? One of the... Theories that I've read about, there are some alternative theories to the resurrection of a Messiah that you know people say, well, no, he didn't resurrect. This he swooned, he just fainted on the cross. He didn't really die, and then he recuperated when they put him in the cold, damp tomb uh, with a two thousand pound rock on the seal in a Roman seal, and all. He recuperated in the tomb and escaped, pushed the rock away overcame the Roman guard and presented himself as conquering uh, Messiah, Redeemer. Uh, that, that, I mean, just, that's one of the other theories, uh, those, that the disciples stole the body of Jesus. They overcame the Roman guard and so on and stole the body. And other people said, well, the, the women went to the wrong tomb. They uh, they didn't they forgot or they didn't know and they went to the and they just thought, well, it's empty, so he must have risen or something. The question here is, how did Mary Magdalene and the other women, how did they know 
where to go when they went on that uh, Sunday morning, on that morning to go find, to finish the burial rites there on the body of Jesus. How did they know where Jesus was entombed when they went back to finish those rites? And you look in Mark chapter 15, verse 47. Mark 15, 47. And you get an idea of how they knew where Jesus' body was entombed. Uh, with the confusion and deception of many false witnesses, I mean false messiahs and false prophets in the end times, how are we going to be able to recognize that as if we're going to be the ones doing it? I, I A lot of people telling me, boy, Sophie, don't you think that Jesus must be coming soon? It just looks like everything is shaping up. And um, it does. I've been saying it since I was eight years old, though. You know, come on, Jesus. It's any time now. Uh, and I'm, I'm sure he's going to come when he comes. That's it. He's going to be in the right time, the right moment, as always. But how are we going to be able to recognize the second coming of the real Jesus with all you know, the false messiahs? And, and, and that's so a, I wish somebody called that talk about that because that's very important question. Yeah. And I'm going to tell you that, of course, you're, you've got... The answer that you're looking for would be found in uh, uh, 13. chapter 13, verse 26. Right, but I'm actually going to suggest the most interesting answer occurs at 13:22. All right, there and, you go. Folks. And it's very interesting, and it tells you got, and it also occurs in Mark 24:24 24, because 24, I've looked that up before. Okay, the answer that I'm looking for right. in 13:26 has to do with. How will um, how will Jesus be perceived uh, when he does return? What are we supposed to look for? An, announce, an announcement in the Wall Street Journal, or are we uh, looking for a parade down? Actually, that's kind of a good analogy. You know, you got the wall still standing in Jerusalem. You know. Okay, there you go. So yeah, that's right. There you go. The so that's the question. Uh, how are we going to be able to recognize the second coming? Of the real Messiah, the real uh, Jesus. According to Jesus, another question, uh, in the Old Testament, in the Hebrew Scriptures, the Jewish Scriptures, what are the two commands that are the greatest? What are the two greatest commandments? And he was asked that very question there in Mark chapter 12, verse 29. Uh, uh, a young fellow, a young, uh, is this a young rich fellow? Uh... Or is this somebody else all in, entirely? No, uh, um, I think he's a lawyer. It could be a young lawyer. Yeah, uh, um, <laughs> well, the rich young ruler occurs in chapter ten of, of Mark. Okay, this is chapter twelve. A fellow asks Jesus, "What what are the greatest commandments?" And so he gives two that he considered to be two the great two right. greatest commandments mm-hmm. of all the commandments uh, there in the Hebrew scriptures. And then let me see what else have we got. Uh, I wrote Proverbs one. And compiled most of the rest of the book of the Proverbs. Who am I? Uh, and he was this. I will give you a hint. He was, he was kin to the first, uh, the second king of Israel, King David. He was he was kin. Third. Who's counting? Yeah. He's well. He's kin to the second king. Okay, the you're answer. right. Kin, kin, kin to the second. Why you try to correct me? I mean, really. You know, I'm always... <laughs> uh, okay, you One win. of the few times I'm you, actually... No, you win. you win. What is the winning? What is the beginning point of the true knowledge of wisdom? We've already talked about that. The fear of the Lord. John answered that question for us, so I'll mark that off. Uh-huh. And then Psalm 41. Psalm 41 begins with five promises made to people who are kind... To another group of people. What is that other group of people? In other words, who are we encouraged to be kind to 
there in Psalm 41. Let me see. Is that it? That's it. Hey, you want to ask a question for the book of Joshua? We read, we read five chapters of Joshua. We hadn't asked well, a question there we, yet. Well, we could do that. You see one you like? Well, I, I really like... Uh, Number your, three is good. Number three, you know... Um, oh, I think people would know this They would name. know that. So let's do your number three. I was a prostitute or maybe a uh, an innkeeper. I think the, the word there is actually been used both ways. So uh, typically we think of her as a, a, a lady of ill repute. I was a, uh, living in Jericho. And I was one who believed in the God of Israel. And because of that, uh, I helped the Jewish spies escape back to Joshua. There were two spies. Joshua sent in, I think he remembered the time they sent 12. And so he, he didn't send in 12, make a very public thing of it. He sent in two very secretly. And, and uh, they uh, were helped by this lady living in Jericho. What is her name? All right. This is another who yeah, am I question? People, I agree. People shouldn't probably know that. Yeah. I think people are a lot, a lot of times we kind of we like her. You know, we think that she was a pretty cool person, and uh, she evidently uh, and she turned out to be someone in the ancestry mm-hmm. in the ancestry record right. of the genealogies of sure. Jesus, the Messiah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She turns out to be there. She isn't that interesting? That it does. Not a Hebrew, not Jewish person, but in fact is in this case from the city of Jericho, an enemy uh, city state. But she uh, she helps the people of Israel, at Joshua, when they go into the Promised Land. So what's her name? That's found in Joshua chapter two, verse one. Uh, you want to ask another easy one? Uh, well, you, you want Mark or Joshua? Uh, Joshua. Ah. Okay. How about? Uh, well, let's see. You think it, uh, is number five just too easy? Well, you already answered that. Just <laughs> I know it. That's what makes uh, it easy. Okay. Well, I was thinking of your number. Uh, uh, your number ten. Okay. On uh, the okay. On the day after the first Passover in Canaan or Canaan, what great provision of God disappears to never be seen again so far? Okay. On the day after their first Passover in Canaan, in the Promised Land, it's found in Joshua chapter five. What great provision of God disappeared, never to be seen again, as you say, until now, right? Is that the idea? Yes. Hello. Hello. Are you on the air with us, John? Uh, no. I'm sorry. This is- All right. Come on. Give us a call. Uh, Mark, I think we've got someone there that you're visiting with. I better pot this down. Mark is trying to get some information, and we'll, maybe we'll have another, another Somebody was, somebody was calling it. Is that the person? Oh, I see. It didn't ring over there. Uh, is somebody on the line right now? Hello. We don't know who it is, though. Well, that's all right. We can figure it out. Can you take? Can you pick it up in there, Mark? Okay. Mark cannot put it. Oh, I'll do that. I can do that. Let's see what I can do. Maybe I can. Well, somebody's well, there. I wasn't able to put them on. Well, there we go. The great mystery of the evening is this individual here. I can't do it. Well, it try this, Sophie. How about if we just see who it is and we talk to him? <laughs> I have a feeling it's someone maybe uh, with the wrong number. We'll find out. Uh, are you still there? Yeah. You're calling into a radio talk show here in San Antonio. Did you know that? 
the first time I ever done that. Well, you well, are. You're on a program called The Bible Live. It's a Bible quiz show. We're asking people questions from the Bible. I don't know that uh, uh, you were ready to do that. Yeah. This is Harold. Harold, my goodness! Okay, well, it's you, Harold. You snuck in. You know what it is? He doesn't have to go through Mark anymore. He gets right to us. <laughs> Harold is. Well, I started noticing I didn't, and you know, I'm sorry I didn't call in sooner, but I was, I got to daydreaming. I was listening to a bunch of music from Dean Martin. Well, there you go. Everybody and, uh, loves somebody sometimes. Sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, when the okay. moon hits your eye like, a, like big a big piece, piece of pile some more. There Although we go. So uh, now that we've overdue. all shown what generation yeah. we come from. Well, anyway, I, am I on the air now? You're on the air. I you believe are. we hear you, you are loud and clear. on the air. <laughs> you know, we had this Valentine's uh, Day, and, uh, of course, my mother wanted to go by the gravesite, and it's, it was a little bit funny. You know, of course, she cries a little bit. And she just goes, uh, you know, we're looking there, and all these balloons with I love you are kind of rolling through the cemetery like oh. like tumbleweeds. And Mama says, Jesus, there wasn't this many graves when your dad died. And I said, woman, it's your son, Harold. <laughs> she goes, oh, we just were started laughing there. Right, yeah, that, that is a funny moment. I can see how that would be a little humorous, exactly. Yeah. There weren't so many when you Well, how long ago did your dad leave? Uh, uh, it was in 2011. Okay. July, I don't remember the date. I'm sure he'll forgive so me. So mom still misses him, and of course the son as well, but yeah, she still she thinks does. of him. And... You know, I tell her what I'm doing here by driving her over there. I'm trying to show my son what to do. Yeah. And she kind of laughs a little. There you go. Well, it's a good lesson, showing respect for those who've gone before us and for our families. And yeah. Very, very important, I think, a very great value. And, of course, uh, very interesting to us as believers that uh, what, what's that old hymn, that the circle will not be un- unbroken? Will the circle? Or, yeah, leaning on the everlasting arm. Yeah, and, and that that we'll see our loved ones again, and that's the, that's the promise. Well, did you hear any of the questions tonight, Harold? I heard the very last one, but I, since I miss so much listening to this other stuff, yeah. I want to let uh, let you go. The only thing I wanted to say, also, is I've been, and it's a little bit funny now, but I've been I kind of realized that there's really two spirits in the world, and I and huh yeah and well, you, you got us intrigued now. Go ahead and explain that. Well, you know that one spirit feels real good, but that other one that doesn't feel too good that's the god spirit that's what i found out huh interesting yeah the it, god it, spirit don't feel too good you would think it'd be the other way around huh well not really the god spirit gets you convicted <laughs> shows us our needs and our yeah but on the other hand since he supplies those needs and he does uh he has made that provision for us it actually turns out to be good news in the end but yeah sometimes you got to go through that uh that first step of discovering wow i need uh, well, he know, tries I'm, to keep us in a safe spot. Yeah. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, there you go. Harold, always good to hear from you. Thanks All for right, calling well, in on I'm your turn secret. turn the radio back on and uh, see what the rest of the show's about. Thanks for calling in on your secret yeah, well, Thank you, Harold. We All right. It. Thank you very much. Good night. Bye-bye. Well, there we go. I don't know how he got in, but he did it. He, he did snuck it. in on a, on a, uh, a line. He, he must have the direct number. That's He must have it. Well, folks, you have uh, been a part of the Bible Live quiz show. We've got a half hour left. And we're going to, we've got these questions out there on the air, on the uh, airwaves for you. 
Psalm 41 begins with five promises that God gives to people to who are kind to people like us. Who is the us? Who are we encouraged to be kind to in Psalm 41? Um, and then uh, our questions from the Proverbs. I wrote Proverbs chapter 1, and I compiled most of the rest of the book of the Proverbs. Who am I? Come on, folks. You know the answer to that. Who is this person who is so... Who was supposedly so wise? A great. Yeah, well, we have a what? We have at least a hundred dollars in free coupons to give away, and those something are coupons. Like it's well, you don't. You don't have to buy something. They work almost like cash. Free gifts. So give us a call three four zero ninety five eighty five. According to G- Jesus in the New Testament in the Gospel of Mark, which two Old Testament commands are the greatest of all the commands? And found in Mark chapter twelve, verse twenty nine through thirty one. Which are the what are the greatest commandments in the uh, in the Hebrew scriptures? There, someone asked Jesus that question, and he answered, "What are those two commandments that he mentioned?" And then finally, we have it with the, with the confusion and deception of many false witnesses, false prophets in the end times. How are we going to recognize the second coming of the real Jesus? And then, how did Mary Magdalene and the other women? know where the body of Jesus was entombed or buried when they went back to finish the burial rites. The Bible Live Quiz Show will be right back. You're listening to The Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. A broken heart and a contrite spirit You have yet to deny I like that song. One of the most constant uh, themes of the Bible is God, the God of the Bible, resist the proud, the arrogant, the haughty, and he responds lovingly and patiently and redemptively with the brokenhearted, with the uh, the humble. Uh, I, I, it's just a great theme. Those who are willing to uh, die to self and their selfish desires. I want what I want, when I want it, and how I want it. And that we humble ourselves and submit ourselves to his care and to his will for our lives. And uh, God responds to that attitude. That's that's. Fundamental, I think it's throughout all the Bible, Old and New Testaments, a great, great principle for us to remember. You're listening to the Bible Live Quiz Show, and we've got Tammy on the line with us. She's calling in. 340-9585 is our local line. You can call as well and answer some of these questions we have out on the airwaves. They come out of our Bible readings this past week, Monday through Friday. We always read a 15- to 20-minute reading from the Scriptures every evening, in case you didn't know it. You can tune into this great chap, this great channel, uh, KSLR AM 6:30 here in San Antonio, and you get to hear a 15 to 20 minute reading every evening, the entire Bible every year. We're, we've been reading this past week from the Gospel of Mark in the New Testament, and then and when we finished that, we went back to the Book of Joshua in the Old Testament, the Tanakh, the Hebrew Scriptures. And so uh, Jacob and I are here 
taking your calls, enjoying uh, the just kind of going through some of those passages, and you're answering some questions and winning some great prizes. Let's go and visit with uh, Tammy. I think it's Tammy on the line with us. Is that right? Yes, sir. Tammy, good to hear your voice tonight. How's it going? Great. Hey, did you have a good Valentine's Day? I hadn't had a, a, a lady to talk to tonight on the program yet. I'm, I, I mean, I guess Kathy? I think a Valentine's Day is... What about Kathy, Sophie? Oh, it's Kathy? No, no. Oh, this it was is Kathy. Tammy. Right. You said you haven't talked I, to a woman You're tonight. right. Kathy was on the line. I should have asked. I, I, don't, I know Valentine's Day is just for women, but somehow or other I kind of get that. Do you have a good Valentine's Day? I have to tell you, I am greatly blessed. I got not just one dozen roses. I got three dozen roses. Three dozen got, roses. You I must be doing some things right. You must be doing something right, I tell you. <laughs> okay, uh, Tammy, tell me, uh, I, I w- we've got a little bit of a wager here, Jacob and I, in the studio, about what question you are going to home in on to answer. Uh, which which question did you find intriguing? Well, I was I was going to help him because he wanted to talk about uh, Mark thirteen um, thirteen twenty six. Well, he won the bet. Then how about him? That was what did you say? A thousand dollars something? Yeah, thousand. <laughs> yeah, here we are in the studio wagering over yeah. with the. Have, this is a Bible show. <laughs> yeah. I thought so. I bet you picked my uh, my question as the second one. But with the confusion and the deception of many false messiahs and false teachers and prophets in the end times that we're warned about, how is it that we are going to be able to recognize the second coming of the real Jesus, according to Mark chapter 13, Tammy? Okay, 1326, you said, it says they'll see the Son of Man coming in clouds. But if you look at Hebrews 12.1, it says the clouds are in the cloud of witnesses with great power. Yeah, yeah. Everyone will see him come in the clouds with power and glory. Uh, now that I, you know, um, that that imagery, power, uh, clouds of power and glory, isn't that a very common, well-known Hebrew Old Testament image of uh, As a matter of fact, uh, actually, the, one of the names of the three children of Israel uh, with Daniel, uh-huh. uh, translates to Messiah coming in clouds. Okay, so Whoa, how about that? There we go. That's Daniel's uh, name. But so uh, I, I don't know exactly what that means. Uh, the answer that I have written here is, well, how will we know it's really Jesus? Because everyone will see him come in the clouds with power and glory. So I, I've grown up hearing from the pulpits that there won't be any mistaking the. The, uh, he'll come from the east, and the clouds will open up, and Jesus will appear in the sky in clouds of power and glory. And uh, now that I kind of get this and see this as Old Testament Hebrew scripture imagery and so on, uh, I'm not quite so sure. You any further thoughts on it, Tammy, or about anything that you've heard or studied or understand from? No, oh, I was just kind of wanting to hear Jacob. Yeah, I don't know what it means. Yeah, I guess what I've heard. I've heard coming in clouds, the cloud, uh, the cloud of witnesses, which is what I he see. One talks about. That is a reference in Hebrews. It does say that uh, we're surrounded by such a cloud of witnesses and so on. I, I'm not sure if it's meaning the same thing or not that Jesus meant here in Mark chapter 13. Jacob, what's uh, what's the? 
Is there a Hebrew perspective, or well, yeah, actually, does that call forth cl- any? The clouds of witnesses is actually is one of the names that translates into English clouds of witnesses. So it is, and it actually says Messiah coming in clouds and witnesses. That's one of the ways of doing it. So, and it does it does mean it's not just pretty fluffy clouds. It's like surrounded in billows of witnesses. It, it, okay, so it, it doesn't. It couldn't mean here that. Literally, I'm going to come in the clouds with power and victory. The, well, the sky it, will open. And yeah. isn't that a, an imagery from uh, Thessalonians? The sky will open mm-hmm. and the the, uh, the Messiah will appear. I think in Thessalonians. Well, it could be, and if you want it to be, will be it. Uh, no, we we can't excuse do that. What did you say? Excuse me, but um, there is a reference, a cross reference that goes back to Daniel seven thirteen, which says, "I kept looking in the night visions." And behold, with the clouds of heaven, one like a son of man was coming. And he came up. Oh, okay. That must be, I, I, I'm guessing that uh, that must be the passage that is referred to. My guess would be that Jesus knew that passage in Hebrews. I'm guessing in, in Daniel. Yeah. And perhaps referred to it. It seems like somehow in uh, Thessalonians, Paul talks a little bit about uh, something about the second coming. Of Messiah, and it seems like he says something about the clouds as well in Second uh, Thessalonians. Uh, Don't be so easily shaken. He says, "The day of the Lord will come, not come until there's a great rebellion." Let me see. Oh, I'm, I'm not finding it here. But it, there's a picture painted of the second coming. I want you to know, Sophie, we all believe you. Okay, and it seems like it says something about clouds, but that's what I. Traditionally, that's preached from a lot of our pulpits. Is that we'll re- no one will fail to recognize. We'll know when Messiah returns. It won't be up in the air and confusing like maybe like when the first time. Well, Jesus Sophie, came. could I could I ask you a question? Yes. Okay. Let's say it's clouds or clouds or witnesses, whichever. Would you agree that could be like a sign or a wonder? Yes, I think that uh-huh. that's the whole idea. It's given as well, a sign. Well, then right? I, I've got something that's going to... Isn't the whole idea of, so that we would not miss his return? Well, I don't think we're going to miss it. But here's the catch. If it's if And we, why do you think we're not going to miss it? Well, I think because something else is going to happen. And I think the key, if we agree it's a sign or a wonder, whatever we want to call it, if you move up from 1326 to 1322, you know what it says... Oh, go for it. Okay, it says this. Are you there, Tammy? Yes, sir. It says, 22, For false Christ and false prophets shall rise and shall show signs and wonders to seduce, if it were not possible to deceive even the elect. Now, why? And they, By the way, Jesus also says that in the other Gospels. I happen to remember in Matthew, it's 24, 24. But, now, why is he saying that before he's coming in power and glory? Because if we are to rely on signs and wonders, and signs in the Hebrew are a good thing, wonders are the bad thing. The plagues in Egypt were signs and wonders. Good for the Jews, not so good for the Egyptians. And so, what is going on here is this. He's saying, don't rely on miracles. In fact, Matthew 20, 24, 24 says, hey, they'll do miracles. 
we are told several instances in the Bible about miracles. But there's another standard. And he's clearly saying in 22, 22, false guys can do these. And if you rely on those alone, you shall possibly, even if you're the elect, shall be deceived. So I'll come, that'll happen. But that's not the end of the story. There is another standard that's in Deuteronomy that the Messiah must do. And if he does anything but, then the Jews will be, hopefully, with others. People say, well, I don't know who you are, but you're not the Messiah. That he would teach the Torah. He would teach the Torah. You will find it's in two different chapters in Deuteronomy, but the most easy one to grab a hold of is Deuteronomy chapter 13. So certainly the signs and wonder are that's a great event. Certainly has a certain amount of circus to it, you might say. But... If you rely on that alone, you are warned, be careful. Now, if he said, and that's why elsewhere in the New Testament, when it says, hey, if somebody else comes along and talks about a different Jesus other than what we preached, you know, be, be on your toes. Something's wrong here. So, All right. Well, well that kind of gives us an insight about the, the first coming of Messiah. Uh-huh. But here we're talking about the second coming, when he comes again in glory and in victory uh, to to receive his people to himself and so on, to end, as we think of it at least popularly, to end time as we know it and begin uh, uh, you know, the time of the judgments and so on that will be entered into. I'm looking at that same passage, uh, Tammy, in Mark chapter 13. And as Jacob says, the it does look like the, the paragraph or the message sort of begins there when he says, look out for these false prophets. There's going to be a lot of false teachers messiahs false messiahs and they will perform signs and wonders so as to deceive if possible even god's chosen ones and and he warns them about that ahead of time and then he says uh the sun will be dark and the moon give no other stars and so on and then everyone will see the son of man coming on the clouds with great power and glory he will send out his angels to gather his chosen ones from above around the world but look, it goes on, Jacob, to talk about now learn a lesson from the fig tree, which is always a picture and a symbol of the nation of Israel, right? Uh, of the people of Israel? Generally speaking, Learn yes. a lesson from the fig tree. When its branches bud and its leaves begin to sprout, you know that summer is near. In the same way, you will, when you see these things taking place, you will know that his return is very near, imminent, right at the door. Uh, and I tell you the truth that this generation will not pass from the scene before all these things take place. So I'm kind of wondering if maybe uh, Israel itself and what's happening with that people group and maybe the redeemed or maybe the Jewish people, could that be also caught up in this idea of giving us some kind of a sense of when Jesus will return? I think it certainly could be, and I think it's a sign or a wonder. But as I read this, and of course from a Jewish perspective, the Jews are always taught if the Messiah, the Messiah, shows up and he says anything but Torah, he's not the guy. Yeah. And, and Jesus. And Jesus I will tell you this. And I'm, I'm about to lay a hard one on a lot of our of the Christian listeners. I've done the research. I'm satisfied that I'm correct in my own opinion. Anyway, <laughs> I'm an expert in my opinion. Yes. I have looked up what Jesus said. I found it interesting, contrary to what's generally taught, Jesus was teaching the Torah. The Pharisees, Sadducees, and the Herodians, nothing, nothing they say in the Gospels is or ever has been Jewish law. Yet when you go to certain churches, you'll hear 
pastors say, well, they freed us from the law. Well, and Jesus, Jesus freed us from the law, and the other guys were teaching all that. That's absolutely not correct. I've looked them all up. I've done the work myself. I looked them all up. I went back to old Jewish writings, the Talmud, and I was shocked when I realized none of them are Jewish law. They were, I hate to say this, but they were man-made laws. The one that was teaching Torah and got it right, 72, consistently, yeah. consistently, 72.8% actually, mathematically, of everything Jesus quotes is from the book of Deuteronomy. He's the one teaching the Torah. Isn't that a shock? That is a, well, it's a good shock <laughs> to me. I, I find it enlightening and helpful. Tammy, are you still with us? Mm-hmm. Okay, yes. thanks for hanging in there. Any any other comment or response or thought as you hear that? You're already on our winner's list, I know. Uh, I saw your name this week, actually, thought of you. Uh, well, I, can, I, I can answer a couple of other questions. Oh, good. Let's do that, and then we'll go to who's, who else That's, is on the uh, line? That's Robert. Robert's on the line waiting Robert, to Robert, don't on. go away. Let's get you to okay. answer a couple That's of our all questions. Right. That's all right. Then go to Robert. I mean. Well, no, we need these questions answered, so answer at least one more for us, okay? okay Which one well, did you then, hear? The one that's the foremost over in Mark twelve twenty nine, the foremost command. Oh yeah, what are the two commands that Jesus said were the greatest? He, he actually answered a question to that. Uh, that what are the two great? What are the what are the greatest commandments? What are they? Well, the first one is what the Jews would call the Shema. It's Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And then the second, of course, is you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. And the second is to love your neighbor as yourself. Yep. Love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Um, that's a pretty high standard, isn't it? <laughs> it is. I ask myself that fairly often, Tammy. I, uh, I've stopped asking myself, do I go to church? Do I read my Bible? Do I, you know, just the, and I wonder, yeah. do, Sophie, do you, you love might ask God? Jacob. His take on love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, your mind. Well, and of course, in Sophie's questions, he's got written down Deuteronomy, of course. Uh-huh. And if you look side by side with Deuteronomy and in this book of Mark or the other Gospels, you'll notice there's a little linguistic difference. And what's fascinating about that, when in the with all your heart, soul, and might is what it says in the Hebrew in Deuteronomy. Might was your resources, your wealth, your stuff you produce. Ah. So it's not just a matter of your mind, but when it got translated by the Greeks, Greeks, the mind's very important. So it came out in their interpretation, mind. So I put both. <laughs> so you put mind both. So you have covered I your bases. Yes, exactly right. But um, do do I think it's a good question for us to ask ourselves, not not to put ourselves under any kind of a guilt trip or anything, but just from time to time, take personal personal accounting and say, you know, of all of my things I'm doing, religious things and all, in the midst and the core of all of that, is it coming out of a passion for the Lord himself? Do I love God? Do I want and desire him? Uh, I, I think it's a good question to ask ourselves. And then, of course, further, do I, am I loving my neighbor, those around me, uh, as myself? Uh, my, in other words, I be, am I becoming a person who lives blessing and benefit of others around me that's a it's a great question for us tammy thanks for calling in you're welcome uh, thank you we're going to go and visit with robert and pick up robert are you there he'll be the caboose thank you thank you for being patient you're the caboose tonight robert on the bible live quiz show thanks for calling in
The last uh, will be the first, so maybe that's a blessing. Oh, that's funny. I like, I like that. that. That's yeah. good. Hey, well, he, uh, he's a winner <laughs> already. No, 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 no. It sounds okay. like sounds yep. like uh, you got Rasmussen uh, fire logs as a new a new underwriter, or, or am I wrong? Oh, say that again. Did you get those Rasmussen fire logs as a new underwriter for the show, or was that just a spot? Uh, you're gonna have to explain that now. Oh, oh, I see. The a barbecue. Uh, <clears throat> The barbecue website, is that just a spot? Or That's just a, a spot, I have to say. <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's a spot, but we'll, we'd be open to them. We've, we've yeah. had some great barbecue places on our, uh, on our list in the past. I'm hoping we can come up with some more. Well, are you going to clear up some of our questions for us, Robert? Well, I'd, I'll, I'll try. I, but, uh, Tammy got my, got my one that I wanted was the, the main, uh, yeah. the most important uh, commandments, but I just wanted to ask. Uh, and I, I, I think I'm kind of one of the people who ask the hard questions. Good. If, if, why would he say that? If he, if his, why wouldn't he just say, "But don't worry about it. All that's going to be nailed to the tree." Yeah. I mean, why would he teach Torah if it's not uh, applicable and important to do? Right. Uh, yeah. If it's all going to be ended and over with, and and I think that really does come from. Uh, a misunderstanding. Uh, even Paul in the New Testament, and even Jesus himself, in a certain way, talks about the idea in terms of salvation. The the commandments of God were never intended to be a means of redemption and salvation. That comes through the you know the sacrifice and the atoning the atoning Lamb of God. Well, I, I don't think anybody's claiming that though. But exactly right. That's what I'm saying. Perhaps well, the Pharisees were claiming that. It could be. It could be uh, Pharisaically, legalistically saying, you know, we're going. To, but as Jacob says, no one. Uh, it's never been Hebrew teaching that we get to heaven by keeping the commands of God. Uh, that that's in the redemptive. So it's kind of, of a straw man to say, well, that'll never save you. But you're supposed to uh, do what's right, and you're supposed to meditate day and night on on these uh, on these commands, on these commandments yeah, and do it, them. And, Especially and like the Shlomo, Shlomo was, well, had all the, all the, uh, yeah, here's he had all the, the wisdom, but he didn't do them. Yeah, there you go. Well, here is the difficulty that occurs, and I, I really do understand and appreciate the difficulty. You see, the Torah is about how to live in this earth, this world. It doesn't get you to heaven. It teaches us how to do the right thing as human beings in this world. In fact, but, I, I would suggest when Jesus says, let your will be done on earth, he's saying, hey, do the laws of Torah here. It doesn't the, get the, you to the, heaven. It says the meek shall inherit the earth. Uh -huh. So I don't, I don't really seek to go to heaven. It's the devil who said he wanted to go to heaven in, in, uh, in Isaiah. Uh -huh. uh, I think it's Isaiah 14. The devil yeah. says, I'm a, I want uh, to I will ascend, yeah. I, I, I don't, I don't the... want to go to heaven. Uh -huh. I, I want to be, I want to inherit the earth here on, and help uh, <laughs> help administrate in in the, the righteous kingdom where war is is done away with and and all, all the curses are are no longer uh, happening. I agree with that. I, I want to be a part of that, but I have to confess, Robert. Uh, at the end of the day, too, I, when the things wind up and all the earth is done away with, I, I think I want to go to heaven. <laughs> I, we'll, I hope we'll and be I trust on the new heaven and the new earth. A new heaven and a new earth. Yes. I, I, it, I guess if we went up there, we'll need a spacesuit, so we, we ought to hope NASA uh, continue, uh, is, is, is refunded. You know, you might find this interesting, Robert, a very strong pillar for uh, forever among the Jews is that the Torah does not exist in heaven. It only exists on earth. 
and because that is the will to do in this dimension, this world, the physical world. But we don't need the Torah in heaven because we have God himself. Exactly. We'll need no one to instruct us, as we're told in Revelation. The new nature that God has planted within us will be full and mature. We'll respond to the new nature of God within us. The old nature will be finally totally erased and eradicated. I, I was talking to some guys about that this morning. I was kind of pipe dreaming about what a wonderful... I think the only word that really adequately describes it is glory. Uh, but when you just try to imagine what it's going to be like to be in that oneness relationship with our God and with God's people... Uh, it is a glorious moment, an idea. Does Robert have? Do you have another question you'd like? Do since? you have any? Uh, just throw a question at me, I guess. I, I, I know like one of them. I had a hard, I, I, I didn't know, but I'd like you, to ask you a, a question about the rich young ruler. Answer. Jacob's got one. Yeah, for I've you. got one for you. Give us an idea about this rich young ruler, okay? Because mm-hmm. uh, we know that uh, it's in chapter ten, I believe. Do you know what? to whom he's referring, Robert? Yeah. The rich young yes, ruler that came to said, Jesus. Uh, what, what must I do to to be saved? Uh, be saved. Uh, and Jesus says, uh, "I keep all the law, the Torah." The, and He says, "I've done that from from my youth up." And then He tells him to, "Well, then give away all that you have." No, but let's slow it down just a tad. Okay. Uh, the guy, rich young ruler, he comes in and he says, "Hey, listen." And uh, Jesus names only five commandments, not all ten. I know. Inter- interesting. Then he it, says, it, it, what should I do? And he says, well, sell everything you own. Now, you will think he's a rich young ruler. Give it to the poor, right? Give it to the poor. But who? Which is the answer to the question from Psalm 41, yeah. that we are to be kind to the poor. Yeah. Psalm 41. Well, at, at any rate, here's the idea. If you know the Torah, you will recognize this remedy from what a violation. And I don't expect you to know that. That's not Something that's essential, but uh, if you ha- you may know this, if you recognize the remedy, you'll know the violation. So he's not listed the first five that deal with God Himself, but he says sell and give it back. This rich young ruler is a thief, and what has he been doing? He's been stealing from the church. The Romans appointed everybody until they took over the temple, and they were to collect money from the Jews. And this is why they hated the tax collectors, because the guys collecting money, they pocketed some, and they passed it back to Herod and the Romans. And all, and all of the uh, money changers uh-huh. and so on in the temple were foreigners. Uh, Would this fellow uh, be a foreigner? Uh, under Ro- he could very well be, but he's a thief. And under Roman law, no Jew could be a money changer. It had to be a Gentile, because that way the Jews would never do favors for other Jews, you see. Now, what's fascinating is that when people read the young rich young ruler, they always tend to think, well, he says, sell everything. That can be very confusing unless you recognize that the remedy is for an offense, and it's the first messing five commandments. Well, well it the, could be that he didn't uh, do the do the uh, the third tithe uh, and and, the, and even the first tithe. Uh, I. Uh, You'll have to ex- explain explain further. I will have to I do that love, next week, actually, yeah. Robert. Robert, I have to admit, you call back, music, yeah. you call back next week. Come up. We'll see We're everyone back Sunday, and we'll try to complete that conversation. The Bible to our culture, and is brought to you by Crew Military Ministry. Mailing address is P.O. Box eighteen eight eighty eight. That's Box eighteen eight eight eight, San Antonio, Texas seven eight two one eight. Hear the entire Bible every year on The Bible Live, weeknights at 9.30 on this great station. 
Then join Soapy every Sunday evening at 9 o'clock for fun, inspiration, and valuable prizes on The Bible Live Quiz Show. Visit our website, BibleLive.com. That's BibleLive.com for more information about Soapy and The Bible Live broadcast. You may also order materials at the website and make tax-deductible donations to help crew military minister to our military personnel and broadcast the entire Bible every year to America and the world. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.